it Everlong? No. What, why do I know that? You don't. I don't know that? No. You're just playing riffs? Yes. Cool. Just playing like, cool riffs. It sounds like Everlong. It's similar. You're playing Everlong. Stop stealing from Dave Grohl. Yeah. It's drop D. It all sounds the same. I know. You fucking liar. I got a liar on stage with me tonight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to You Me Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. We're at the Wonderland Ballroom. For the people in the Wonderland Ballroom, please make some semblance of noise so people know I'm not insane. Now, I have a liar on stage with me. I got a jamoke on stage with me. Look at this guy, lying all the time. Lies, lies, lies. Cool Rivage Ian Graham is a liar, everyone. That's the name of this hour, the 5 p.m. hour. Uncool you mean them, everybody. Rivage. You are a liar. And I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, read a, I have a serious monologue to do right now because it relates to our first guest of the hour, who I am a big fan of, who uh, clearly this is going to be the big push that puts him over the edge this week for, uh, for the news coverage that he's received. Um, Robin Bell's the guest of this hour, but I don't want to talk about that yet. Um, I want to talk. Oh, this is not. I don't want to do this one. I'm on the fence because it's all about you. It's about your, how you're a liar. It's about atheism. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Who, who really yeah. cares? I, no, I don't care about this. Atheism should be like not giving a shit. It's not, I give a shit. That's the thing. It's like, I know I don't give a shit. I don't give a, if, you, if you're religious, good for you. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Right. But like, this guy's a liar. And I can't That's get true. over that. And I'm supposed, am I supposed to believe his lies just because he knows it? Like, that's clearly Everlong. I know it's a drop D. I'm a white man with a guitar. I know what drop D is. You're, 30 You're a liar. I know how to play Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, the whole double disc. Shakedown 1979, am I right? Look at this liar. <laughs> Rollins' band had a song called Liar about this guy. He was eight when that came out. He's a liar! <laughs> Rollins Band, Superman, Cape in the video. That album was so big. That album got such a big push that Rollins Band was the musical act for the Saturday Night Live that Pamela Anderson hosted. That's how much people believed in Henry Rollins as a lead singer. They let him play on Saturday Night Live without shoes or socks. Like Carrie Von Eric, a wrestler, but you guys don't need to know about that. Rollins' band got such a push, they actually thought Henry Rollins could sell records. That's the 90s, when people believed in Henry Rollins, not as a truth teller, but a liar like this guy. Did you know that? Did you know that Rollins' band was the, uh, the, hou the, the house band, but the musical performance of the SNL that Pamela Anderson hosted? No, but it makes so much sense in retrospect. And looking back on that, I realize this is the only gender-fluid, sex-positive host musical-ass com combo ever. It's like, this is when Pamela Anderson was getting her big barbed wire push. You guys remember the barbed wire push when Pamela Anderson was transitioning out of Baywatch into the more mainstream barbed wire? Remember that barbed wire push that we all know about? That was the same time Rollins' band was on the Lollapalooza lineup like people actually cared about Rollins. But now, this is not a knock on Henry Rollins. This is just like a knock that they thought this man who sings about liars that looks like a threatening bouncer could sell millions of records. Those are the mid-90s. Full of liars like this man, Ian Graham. I was there in the mid-90s. You were there in the mid-90s. 
I had a whole thing about how we need to have more comedy and atheism, but like, who really gives a shit? And that relates to our first guest of the night. Now I'm just going to talk about mid-90s SNL. Here's the thing about mid-90s SNL. Chris Kattan got a bigger push than Will Ferrell in mid-90s SNL. That's the kind of world we lived in, everybody. Night at the Roxbury, who's your top bill? It's not Will Ferrell. It's Chris Kattan. It's the little guy nodding his head. Do you guys even know who Chris Kattan is? No. There's one man, but there's only one man in here that cares about politics and religion, and his name is Chris Kattan. He's here tonight, everybody. Give it up for Chris Kattan. This is going to be a fun, weird, wacky hour, and I'm incredibly grateful that our first guest is here on the show. Let's, are we, let's do a desk. We haven't done our desk piece. I'm going to bring it up after we do a desk piece. I am incredibly grateful that you're here, and I'm incredibly grateful that this man is here. Ian Graham has been part of this show for a very long time. He no longer lives in Washington, D.C., so he only does it occasionally. And this is your first show in like two or three years, if not longer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It used to be every week. We used to do this here weekly, and then I ran out of lies to tell people. So uh, he had to go to Baltimore to stock up on lies, which he just did when he said that it was not ever long. That's ever long! <laughs> it's ever long. I have a, a sad story to tell you about pop music. That is Everlong. There are four chords, and Dave Grohl owns three of them. <laughs> and the other one was featured in his hit film, Sound City! This is a documentary about how technology gives you smells like teen spirit. That was what the film was about. This guy right here, though, even though he's a liar, and you could never trust a liar, because that is the point of being a liar, I care about him. And I care about him because he's got tasty riffs, <laughs> And he's willing to share them right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ian Graham, everybody. Should I know what that is? No. Cool. That was not ever long. Unlike the last time when you played, note for note, a perfect rendition of the 1997 single from The Color and the Shaped, spelled with a U, Everlong, written by Dave Grohl, featuring Dave Grohl on drums because he kicked William Goldsmith out of the band because he could not keep up with the drums that he required. That song had a shitload of hi-hat. It does still have a shitload of hi-hat. Now, because you are such a lying liar, you wouldn't even know about hi-hat from Tuesday. Is that a thing people say? Um, <laughs> Ian, how is Baltimore? I like it a lot. Are you glad you left Washington, D.C.? Yes. Is there anything you miss about Washington, D.C.? They legalized weed since I moved, so it's not really something I miss. But yes, but let's for the listener at home, Ian is a white man. Have you ever worried about that? No. Okay, so let's stop pretending that that's a big sure. deal for you. Um, Fair. Is there, so that's so literally nothing. You miss nothing about living in Washington, D.C.? I miss some of my friends. Oh, don't do that bullshit. You're a liar. We've already established that. But So overall, no. You're glad. Do you wish you moved to Baltimore earlier or sooner? No, no. I think it was a good time. What was it? Do you remember the initial push or the reason? There was so little reasoning. It was... To go to Baltimore? Yeah. It was... Our lease was up and rent's cheaper up there. Rent is cheaper up there. Do you feel safe up there? Safe as I've felt anywhere. So the answer is yes. Yeah. Great. Sure. I'm glad. Um, I like your hair right now. How would you describe Thanks. it for the listener at home? Uh, 
I don't know. How does it look right now? I haven't seen it. It kind of looks like successful f- late 50s rocker that no longer has enough goo in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that sounds... You have your, your grays are coming through, too. They are. They Do are. You, you sound very about happy about that. I'm excited about it. Do you think it's kind of wonderful that when we go gray, people are like, you look great, and when women go gray, it's a sin? I don't think it's a sin. I think you're wrong. Once again, you are a liar. It is a <laughs> sin in America. I agree it's not a sin, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, yeah. You're a bad house band person. Cool, Ripagee and Graham. I thought you were cool. But you're just Just full. in the name. It's a lie. <laughs> it is a lie! Oh, man. I like you so much, but I'm going to bring up our first guest of the hour, if that's okay with you, Ian. Sure. Um, he is an artist that definitely needs an introduction because he's alive. And most people that are living and are artists, you don't know their names because they're not dead yet. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Robin Bell, everybody. Robin! Now, Ian played Eminem for you because he is also an artist, and Robin told us before we started the show, hey, I'm a big progressive guy. I have to have Eminem play me on because Eminem is a progressive, not problematic at all artist. From, like, from like, Detroit. From Detroit, like you. Like MC5. Yeah. <sighs> you made it boring. <laughs> Fuck the MC5. No, JK. JK. Did, did you see them at the 930 Club? They did the MC50 tour. No, because I'm not ancient. Oh, oh, man, it was a good show. Was it? It was a really good we show. We went to a show this year. We saw an insanely good show this year. That I'm actually really glad that you want to talk about this. because. Let's do it. All right, so has anyone heard of Hitsani Miku? I had not heard of it until you told me about it. Yes, this is a Vocaloid from Japan. So it's an actual sound effect that has a full band behind yes. it. Chime right? in, man. Is, is this the one that has like the guitar pedal that does? Exactamundo. Yep. Exactamundo. Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's a uh, sound effect, and so different musicians all around the world use the sound effect, but it's an audience-driven concert, and it was at the anthem. So imagine like the anthem full of people with these wands that all are in sync with the music, with the large hologram singing with the full band. And this, the, the things that they're shaking, like they're timed to the music, so the colors change along with the music. Is incredible. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And th- and they sold out of those things. I remember you investigating the the, the what they were selling the swag. I, other than ICP, no one sells merch faster than this group. Like they essentially went as like a convention. That's how the gear sold. It was less of a concert and more like a shared communal experience, which I guess is the whole point of a concert. But this Android thing, Vocaloid thing, really delivered. I mean, it, was it was amazing. Insane. Like I mean, literally, the anthem was it was popping. It was, it was. I think it was sold out or close to it. Exactly. I'd say majority between the ages of 18, 22, late high school, early college. Yeah, about. There, there, was, there, so, there, there were some older, but there were some younger, too. There was like some 15-year-olds. It was a good mix. It's not like the people usually run into it like the Raven. Exactly. Yeah. I think we, we went to Suns afterwards, <laughs> negating our entire goodwill, and have ruined it by being asshole hipsters. So uh, that was an amazing experience. They kind of make art like you. Now, you are a visual artist. You currently have a new exhibit as of Thursday at the Corcoran, which is called Open. Yep. And unlike art exhibits, you don't necessarily have things hanging on the wall. Not, not often. This time we do have a few things hanging from the wall. Sure. How, did you go to it? Not yet, and I apologize. I've been working on this. So I've been thi- I sent a writer and a photographer. So, so here's the thing. I've been thinking all day, like, how do I explain this show? Has anyone in the room seen the show? All right, great. Awesome. One person. That's good. So I... 
you, you, this will be spoiled for you because you've seen the actual show. But what I want to do is try to explain what the show is like. So we're technically, we're across the street from the White House. The, the set-in is this uh, amazing bow arts building. It was built in like 1880, right after the Civil War. But they don't make buildings like this. This is like a really unique space uh, gallery. It's got these sounds, like the acoustics in the place. It's completely silent, but you just hear this noise. We, bear, uh, we brought a lot of projectors, and you know we do a lot of projections outside of buildings traditionally, and we basically made this like massive sculpture in the middle of Gallery One that is called the Swamp, which is the visual of it. It's about 14 feet tall, and it's on these uh, cubes that are on pedestals, and basically we project the entire Senate, Congress, the Trump administration, different political players, operatives, funders, and media and they spin around in this circle, and it's this way to dissect the information. And it's, I'm really proud of it. Now, I have yep. seen this quite a bit on Instagram. I've seen probably more shots of this exhibit than any other thing since the one that was at the Hirshhorn two years ago, Kusama. Kusama. Yeah. I've seen as much stuff in the last three days as that, because your stuff, apologies, your stuff is the most Instagrammable, social media friendly art Right now, period. The whole point, I think, of what you do is for the most amount of people to see it, not for someone to one day buy it and take it home and hang it, because what you're doing is inherently temporary. Yeah, and I mean, there's actually, like, with most of it, there's no way you could... I mean, I don't think many people could take it home. And so what I was wondering is, there are gift shops. <laughs> what do major museums think of you, a man who operates as someone that's very hard to market and to buy a thing and take home. I mean, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, the main thing is, like, that's what makes it hard for the work that I do and for most artists who do the work we do is that you can't sell it, you can't take it. You can do... It, it, you know, here's the thing. It's a lot of what art is is an experience between you looking at it. So what we are offering people... The only thing people can take with them is usually a photo, a memory, a or, you know, a piece of time. So it kind of makes it that instead the onus as an individual owning it, who needs to actually own it is either the public or public institutions. And they, they pay for it. Like the, the, the best part about the Corcoran show is it's absolutely free. So seven days a week for the next month and a half, you can actually see a really, I think, fun show that looks cool in front of the White House, down on the mall, for free. And this is the yeah. thing I, I wanted to talk about when I was going to do the initial monologue was fun. You're dealing with not fun topics here. Oh, yeah. We, it, it's, it's, it's real shit. Yeah. Well, not actual yeah. shit. You don't deal with poo-poo and pee-pee. Well, we do the emojis, though. Okay, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> the poo-poo and pee-pee emojis. But you're dealing with... Okay. <clears throat> you make a lot of reactionary art. Is that fair to say? Something yeah. horrible is yeah, about I mean, to we, happen. I mean, I, I, the, with the medium we work, we yes. can react fast. Exactly. I mean, unlike a lot of art that takes a long time yes. to process. Yeah. And you're dealing with stuff that's very hard and heavy and dark. Supreme Court nominations, for example. Brett Kavanaugh. Exactly. I'm, I'm assuming no that's one here. That's not fun. Yeah. We're all Kavanaugh supporters. We get it. So <laughs> it's... it's. I appreciate your silence. Thank it's, you. <laughs> that's the thing, though. You make not fun things... There's some levity there. It's trying to what I'm It's absolutely at. essential. Like, this is real. Like, we have a lot that we have to deal with. And if you're really serious and really angry, we're not going to make a difference. That's a, in my opinion. Like, I really think that, like, with the work we do, we have to make it enjoyable. We have to make it fun. We have to make it something that you can actually look at and talk about 
and dissect, you know, and, di and literally dissect the problem. Like the swamp, if it was all serious and really made you feel like crap, you'd walk away after a minute and go, fuck, we're fucked. And there have been yeah. a lot of those great things, especially at Arctic House. There was that, uh, it wasn't Arctic House, it was somewhere else, where you had to, like, essentially live as um, an illegal immigrant. You had to, like, crawl. Oh, Karna. The Thank Karna, you. Yeah, that was an amazing, amazing installation. And that's like a, like, but who's, who are you trying to, whose mind are you changing with that? You know what I mean? If you're going to that, you're probably already agreeing with the artist. Yeah. Where yours is, like, so, number one, it's free and it's on the mall, so more people might see it. It could be a fun thing where you could kind of trick some people. <laughs> like, look oh, yeah, at the uh, flashing lights. I, I mean, here's the thing. that we, I mean, that's like kind of like the thing when we started talking about the show is how do people interact with it? And there are people who are coming down the National Mall from all over the country. And it actually has an opportunity to have a real conversation and not knock someone over the head, but you actually can look at it. I mean, the, the, the story that I do tell about why I do this is we did this projection in Baltimore. Um, down uh, near the Inner Harbor, part of a uh, light city, as with Illuminous Interventions. Really awesome light city was this crazy event, but we did this piece uh, working with a bunch of artists who all their work was the parents and the mothers, uh, mothers specifically of children who were, who were killed by the police. And so we made this really, really intricate, beautiful piece about that. And while we were setting up, these Baltimore cops showed up and they rolled up and they're like, we love what you're doing. This is incredible. We love this work. What's it about? Oh, <laughs> did you fib? We, we, no, we told them exactly what we were doing. And it created a conversation, and it created a conversation point that might not have happened any other way. Wow, that's... So, yeah, we're, we're firm believers of trying to make the work look a certain way so that we can actually have, like, really in-depth conversations. What yeah. you're doing is so interesting. Here's why it doesn't stand out in a gallery... Another, another. Th there's three things. Number one, it's temporary, unlike most gallery shows. Number two, it's fun, also like most gallery shows. And number three, you're young. Yeah, I mean, I'm alive. You, you know, I thought about that a lot in the last week. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in a museum and I'm still alive. Like, it's it's really weird. You're like, you're walking and you're like, it's like you look through the walls and everybody else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. You're like, I've been working in this museum like late at night and I'm walking around by myself and I'm like, damn. Like, yeah. is this, like, you have those moments for a second. Do you care about legacy? I mean, I won't want to say, like, no. Because Why not? Because I don't, clearly. I, I mean, no, here's the thing. Yes, I do. Okay, I, 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 but, but legacy, I think, is what you pick up from other people. Other Like, I was thinking of Studs Terkel today. My favorite guy. Exactly. And I was thinking about, like, your, I would say that his legacy brought like some of what you do and, sure, then you, and then what you do hopefully goes to somebody else i think studs would be ashamed though i don't think so i think studs would would be like hey this this guy's pretty cool I'd, i think studs would come you're very to your thing for sure no, for your th no, no for your thing for sure because he was lefty as can be yeah yeah yeah. And it's, it's interesting when you think about like he left a legacy that like you know made it people feel anyways i don't want to go on no you should, no, no you should no, talk i'm just about thinking him. i would say most people in this room have no idea who Studs Terkel is. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing. Is that true? Who knows who Studs Terkel is? Yeah, the majority <laughs> of this room does not know who Studs Terkel is. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing. That's just how it is. It is, yeah. So I don't care about the legacy thing at all. The difference is, will your works get staged once you pass away? I'd hope so. Well, I, I'd ho I mean, that's the interesting thing. There are pieces actually based on a projection um, that was done 30 years ago around the censorship of the Robert Maplethorpe show. Rock Me Krebs was a light 
artist who brought a large projector from New York City to DC and projected the censored photos on the Corcoran. So is, like that the, is that the show that got redone last year, but then there was also controversy because of the guns? No, no, no. That's um, that that projection artist was uh, Christoph Fedenchko. Okay, do you, okay. I apologize. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's like the, these are like who there's knows about projection many. artists? Yeah, there's not a lot of projection artists like that are doing. So are you that. like top five at this point? Probably. Party. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. awesome. Are you happy? I'm so happy. Like honestly, like that's the thing that keeps me going. Like this week. When you asked me about this, I was like, dude, I should be asleep and in bed, but I'm not. And I was like, I was excited to talk about this. And like when I went the day after the opening, I went to the museum and I got there just before, just made sure everything was turned on. And I just sat there for a moment. And I was like, this is real. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I was like, I was ha like, you know, I've been happy about starting a week ago when I realized everything would work out. Then I became like, shit, I got to enjoy this. So I, I'm really happy. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any, not disappointment, not, yeah, let's go with guilt. Do you have any guilt that you're succeeding because of who's in office? No. Okay. No. I, it, so what you're saying is you're excited for the next six years, you're excited for the next ten years because I've established that Trump will be the first three-term president since FDR because he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm excited for the next 50 years because I think that you, you might be right about that and we got a lot in front of us. Hell yeah. yeah. Party. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end this interview not because I, <laughs> I want to. I wasn't smiling there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But because we have to, I need you to pick a number. If you'd like to pick a number between 29 and 254. I do 210. 210. Why 210? You did 110 before. That's right. Good job paying attention. Thank you. 210. Also, good job picking one of the numbers that we still have. I really appreciate that. <laughs> if you could set your own allowance, how much would it be? Why did you pick that amount? By the way, this is from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. If you could set your own allowance, Dude. how much would it be? I mean, you, you got to shoot for the moon, right? Like, I'd say like $5 billion. $5 billion a week? Yeah, Okay, definitely. cool. Party. And then, uh, <laughs> do you like baseball at all? Uh, not really. That's fine. You don't have to take baseball cards unless you want baseball cards. And I have a gift for you. I figure if you don't like his music, I don't want to know. This is a Nick Cave. That's a what graphic. This one? Nope. Oh. This is a novel. Do you want that one? Yeah, I'd much rather have that Fine. one. Fine. Hold on. Let uh, me s hold on, because uh, everyone's gift is specific to them. Who, yeah, who, who Let <laughs> me see who I got to swap out here. Oh, we could do this. That's fine. Because <laughs> hold, hold like that book. Let me hold on a second. All right, I won't, I won't. You know how you were planning a museum show that will be seen by thousands, if not hundreds of thousands? I was working on this for weeks. Dude, it's the same thing. <laughs> we're just as important, Rob, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're too nice, my friend. You're much too nice. Hold on. This I is actually a would like you to come down to the museum and then we walk around there and then we talk about it on, on another show. Let's do that. Absolutely. That's for you. Now, where did the Nick Cave book go? Because I have a Ooh. Valentine for everyone in there. I need to make sure I don't have names <laughs> wrong. That would be <laughs> offensive to people. There we go. That's oh, for thank you. you. Uh, let me. Okay. Um, this is weird to plug, and it's a wonderful thing. I've never actually got to plug a museum show before. Nice. Um, you can see Robin's show open. I think it's called Open and Installation. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Open and Installation by Robin Bell. Open and Installation by Robin Bell at the Corcoran, which is a museum on the mall, and it's free, which is wonderful, and you cannot buy a kitschy T-shirt about it because uh, you're, you're not smart, and you decided to not make money. You're like Henry Rollins. I don't need shoes. I don't need socks. I'll just wear shorts and appear on the SNL with Pamela Anderson. That's the way to do it. That's what you say all the time. That's how I know you. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together you for all. Robin Bell, everybody. What a good man. I'm glad I know you. I'm glad this city has you.
coming stage, one of my favorite comics in Washington, D.C. I'm also glad he's in Washington, D.C. for very different reasons than Robin. Uh, he's got a brand new haircut, so we'll mostly be talking about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Kevin Tate, everybody. <laughs> Hey. All right, what's up, Ian? What's I don't think on? I had to meet you before in person. I don't know. Maybe. I brought you, I brought you some quesaritas. I know. Oh, I didn't know if you would. We had a whole thing on Twitter where it's like, I'll bring quesaritas, and I was just like chiming in because it was a them conversation. I was like, hey, what about me? And he's like, B for Bean. And I was like, shit, Bean. And look at it. There it is. Twitter's real, baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I just got a haircut, like he said, and uh, it's been one of the most anxiety-fueled <laughs> weeks of my life, because I, I work in a gym, and I sit behind this front desk, right, and uh, hundreds of people come in, and I have the same conversation over and over. What happened to your hair? Oh, wow, you changed it up. What made you do that? It's so bad. <laughs> Makes me wish I just like cut off my head or something, you know? Because then no one would say anything. <laughs> like when you're injured, people tend to like ignore it. Like if your base, face is all busted up, people don't talk about that. Just kind of let that shit slide. <laughs> like I don't want that. I don't know. I had a lot of changes going. On. I just moved uh, up to Petworth area, and I was like trying to figure out how to do my commute to work now because I'm in a whole new location. And so I started taking the bus for the first time in a while. And I did it once. I was on the bus, it was real crowded, and I ended up getting a seat somewhere. And I felt bad for having a seat because there's plenty of people on the bus who need the seat more than I do. But I was there sitting. And uh, this woman came in, this older woman came in. She could have probably used a seat, but I think she found one behind me somewhere. But 10 minutes later, I hear from the back of the bus, I hear this woman say, oh, I'm sorry, child, I've just been bleeding all over you. <laughs> so now I walk to work <laughs> every day. So much, so much less blood, you know? That was a weird thing. But it's scary walking because, you know, I gotta cross the street from time to time on my commute. And one time, recently, uh, I almost got hit by a car and that was, real infuriating because I thought it was safe because I was on the sidewalk and then the car closest to the sidewalk stopped in front of the crosswalk so I took that as an invitation to cross the street and then the car in the next lane was like late for a movie or something because they didn't give a fuck about me in this crosswalk and they just zoomed right by and almost killed my ass and that was that sucked but I thought something real clever I could have said to that driver you know because I was real heated and I was like hey and then they were gone so, so I've been going back to that crosswalk every day since, just waiting for this fucker to drive by again. And I keep an orange on me while I do it. Because the plan is, when this fucker drives by, speeding, you know, late, because I'm sure they don't have their life together or whatever, and they'll be driving, and then I'll see them coming, and I'll toss the orange in front of their car, and then they'll plow right through it. And then they'll probably freak out, because no one ever expects to plow through an orange at any point, you know? And so they'll probably 
yell and scream in their car and then get themselves together and then get out of the car and yell and scream at me, you know, like, hey, what the hell are you doing throwing oranges the cars in the streets and stuff? And then I'll finally get to say that clever thing and I'll say, orange, you glad it's not a person? Because <laughs> <laughs> that, Thank you, because you know what? It's true, and it's kind of funny. Cause, like you hit a, you hit an orange with your car. Boy, you could still go wherever you gotta go. There's so much less to worry about, and you could probably have a chuckle about it later. It's like I had to watch how I drive. You know, <laughs> I am glad it's not a person. That's what I would think they'd say. I don't know, but uh, speaking of dying. Uh, like I said, I work at the front desk, so I have to answer the phone a lot at my job. And a lot of the time, I get calls from telemarketers. And because it's the future, a lot of these telemarketers are robots. And, and so they don't have any emotion, you know? So like sometimes I'll pick up the phone, and I'll say hello. And this robot will say, do not hang up. And I'll just hang the fuck up, because that's rude as shit. <laughs> Who says that? Robots. They don't have emotion, so I don't feel bad for hanging up on them. And then I started to think, you know what really help these telemarketers out is if they didn't have some rude-ass robot immediately say, don't hang up when someone says hello. If you really want someone to stay on the line and hear what you have to say, be strategic about it. I think my idea was, what if like the phone rang and you picked it up and said hello, and then for like five seconds it was kind of quiet, and then you would slowly start to hear people in the background screaming for help, you know? <laughs> And then a robot would kick in and be like, do not hang up. <laughs> I guarantee you, I, I'd give it another 20 seconds to see where that goes. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know what you're pitching, but I'll listen. I want to help these people out, you know? All right. Uh, what's another thing? Whew. You know what I'm talking about? I can just take the light. I'm, a, I'm good at that. Yeah. All right, you're good with Thank that? Thank you. That's Kevin Chen, everybody. Kevin, you need the microphone. I don't know. The chair keeps getting further and further back. You don't have to be that far back. I like or not. It. You can stretch out. Yeah, man. Uh, why did you get a haircut? Uh, because. Why not? I had so much hair. That's why. Yeah, I guess. It just kept falling out you of my hands. You look way more adult. Wow, thanks. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, me neither. I think you look good. Hey, thanks. Do you want to go gray? I'm already going gray. Are I didn't really? realize it until I cut my hair. Yeah. I was like, I got a fuck ton of little gray stragglers yeah. just popping up. It's great. Yeah, it's an old folks home on my head. Uh, pick a number between 29 and 253. 20, 27. 29 to 253. 127. There we go. <laughs> You're the first person to do that. Usually uh, it comes sooner. I do think that you two would actually be friends in real life. I do too. Twitter is real life. We shut the fuck that. up. We're best friends. Name his last. What's his last name? Who? That guy. Ian. Great. So his name is Ian. Ian. Yeah. No, my my full name is Cool. Cool Riffage Ian, Ian Graham. Cool Riffage Ian Graham. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, this is a good question. When were you last in a fight? What would you be willing to fight about that doesn't directly threaten you? What kind of fight are we talking here? You tell me. When was the last time you were in a fight? I'm going to go... I'm going to say physical fight. I punched someone in... The, I haven't... I've never punched anyone in the face out of anger or nothing like that. Man. Just out of joy. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I had a buddy. Me and my old band, they used to 
for some reason, the dude would get drunk and he would just start swinging. I think you knew the reason. Because he, he was, was drunk. He used to do a thing before we would drink. He would just have a knife and run around and like. Nope, that's not a thing people do. People don't run around with knives going like this. Well, they did where I grew up. That's not safe at all. Is that that's that like normal in Hawaii? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a favorite baseball team? No, I don't watch baseball. I don't think you did. Um, would you? Is it okay if I consider you a punk rock person? It is, huh? especially on the count. I'm going to see the Dead Milkman after this. Oh boy. How old are you? I'm 30. That's right. How old are they? I don't know. Been around for 30 years. Maybe they're 30. Same age. So you have a show called what? Punk House Comedy. Punk House Comedy. Whenever I think of punks, whenever I think of wallets, I think of duct tape. And nothing to me is sadder than a punk with a duct tape wallet. (laughs) So that's why I have for you a brand new wallet. Hey! Whoa-wee. Look at that. It's got a. Oh, mo- is there a gift card in here? It's no, it's just a Valentine. It's a. It's got a, a a space for your ID. It's got space for credit cards. It's got a money clip. This way, you money. Don't, <laughs> you don't have to use a duct tape wallet, which I don't know why that bums me out so much, but it just does. I actually think it's kind of cool. Exactly. I don't have one. That's why you got that but gift. I have a buddy who's like forty something. Yeah. And he makes his own duct tape. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Hey, he's a. He's a janitor. You know, he's a cool dude. I am not throwing shade on any janitors. You shouldn't. I'm just saying the amount of duct tape and time required to make a duct tape wallet is intensive. Yeah. And you could buy a quality wallet. But you could also make one with more pockets if you want. You could do you could, your own adventure. Then there. add some fucking duct tape pockets to the actual wallet I gave you. That's not my bag. You got any plugs? Uh, yeah, Punk House Comedy Show on the 22nd. It's my birthday weekend. I'm turning my dirty 30 this year. You're turning 30? I'm turning 30 in You're 29. a couple weeks. I'm a baby. Because Ian is about to say goodbye to us this evening. I have Ian's gift. So I got you a uh, Dennis Rodman jersey. Wow, I'm just going to give him that yeah. right in front of me, huh? It's a Dennis Rodman jersey. Oh, that's real cool. <laughs> Because there's nothing saying I'm a progressive man in 2019 than wearing a Dennis Rodman jersey in public. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Good luck wearing this Dennis Rodman jersey in Baltimore. Member of the NWO. I asked Ian before, uh, earlier this week, I'm like, hey, would you wear a basketball jersey? He goes, for a bit? I'm like, no, real life. And I think he said, I guess. So this is now yours, and you have a wife. Let's see how long those two last together. Um... There's a reason I'm giving you that, Hell yeah. and that's for you. For if she doesn't like the jersey, you know, it's hit me up about this wallet. I didn't know. Did you like? Did you want that? I'll rock a jersey, though. I didn't know that. You just I asked about sports, and now you also get fucking. Oh bugs. man, <laughs> Twitter. You think he was lying to you? No, I knew he was telling the truth. You call him a liar. I see. I got a gift for you too, Brandon. Oh, wow. No, this is yours that you just didn't eat yet. All right, thank you. I'll leave that here. I have yet. To, I've only had protein bars since we've started this. Hey, you need some ibuprofen. Oh, that is. We. This is an inside thing that was on the outside. I like both of you guys quite a bit. Um, if if it's okay with you, Ian, I'd like for you to play while Laurel sets up, because Laurel's gonna set up. Yeah. What do you want me to play? Uh, whatever you want. Uh, Kevin Titt, February twenty second, Punk House Comedy. Is that right? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Kevin Titt, everybody. Yeah. Laura, what's your favorite baseball team? Um, I have to say the Texas Rangers. Thank you for picking the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Are you Cause f- just because what? I'm from there. You're from Texas. 
Where in Texas? Dallas area. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you like being from the Dallas area? I do. I feel good about it. That's awesome. How often do you go back to Dallas? Um, once or twice a year. Not super often. That seems like a good amount to go back to Dallas because yeah. that can't be that cheap of a flight. Not super cheap. I'm sorry about that. How long have you been in D.C.? Ten years. Ten years? What brought you to D.C.? School originally. I went to American University. Finished You're up there. Oh, should I pass it to Pass me? those along. Those are Ian's cards. And these are your cards. I'm putting them by your beer. And then I like your music, and it gives me a real nature vibe, and I hope that's not an insult to you. Okay, good. So I got you a fancy keychain from the National Zoo, which is a lot more socially acceptable to walk around in than a Dennis Rodman jersey Mm -hmm. in 2019. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Laurel Halsey, everybody. Laurel. Thank you. Happy to be here. This first song I wrote about dating, which is kind of stresses me out. Maybe you can identify, or maybe it's just a barrel full of monkeys for you, I don't know.
got my eye on you and might be mutual. It's so nice to finally meet someone I look forward to seeing again. But I can't read your mixed signals, not even know if you're available. Guess I have to make a move. The questions simply
track record's body enough that your future is cast in doubt. I'll always be a disappointment to other people and to yourself.
Thank you. Thanks for being in the Park.